Cuba missions team that's going to Cuba in February of 2024. And uh, this is super significant. So if you could, I think it's the next screen if you don't have it already. Yeah, thank you, Jelena. We are gonna, uh, we're believing God that we're going to raise $5,000 towards the Cuba missions uh, uh, project. Now, here's what's going to happen. This money is going to Cuba. All right, it's not going for people, it's going to Cuba, all right? Uh, the first thing it's going towards is every church that our team visits, they're going to leave an offering at the church, all right? And uh, Pastor Andy, he's in Little Current, of course, today, but uh, he told me that if they, if they leave 100 Canadian dollars, or like that kind of equivalent, that that actually, it, that money goes a long way for the people in those churches. I don't want to say how long, but it goes a long way. So each church, we're going to leave an offering. The team is going to leave an offering from Northern Life Church to in those churches. They're visiting a bunch of churches. It's not just one or two. There's a whole whack of them. All right? So that's the first thing that the money is going towards. The second thing the money is going towards is transportation while the, our group is there. The third thing is uh, for to make sure we uh, treat our drivers and translators properly and give them some extra tips and that kind of thing. All right, and then the other thing that the money goes towards is special projects and supplies. So there's a bunch of stuff they're going to be doing while they're there. And uh, so anyway, so that's what's happening. Every extra dollar that is given above the $5,000 goal will be given as an extra offering to the local churches in Cuba. All right, so we've done $5,000 goals before. It shouldn't be an issue, but that's what we need. So that's what we're going to target. And so you can give um, uh, throughout this month. We have five Sundays in October. So there's lots of time to prepare and pray and put an offering forward for this. Please mark on your envelopes that it's for the Cuba Givetober or Givetober uh, Cuba special offering, something like that. And uh, that would be great. And just remember, uh, when we give an offering, it is above our tithes, okay? So we give our tithe, and then we give our offerings. And uh, that's, how, that's how we do things. That's how we bless God's kingdom. And so if you could uh, uh, come alongside us with that, that would be appreciated. So I'm really excited about this, and I'm going to talk more about it. But this is what we're doing for Givetober this year, all right? So $5,000 goal, and it's going to the churches in Cuba, all right? It's not going into anyone else's hands. It's going directly to those churches and the people that uh, we're working with down there, all right? So there you go. While preparing for our Givetober month of giving this year for missions, I felt the Lord lead me to the book of Acts, so we're going to be teaching this month uh, from not we're going to teach we're not going to teach the whole book of Acts this month that would take two years okay I I've measured it out anyways but so we're going to go through the book of Acts a few spots in it this month and that's where our teaching is coming from our theme passage uh, for for Givetober this year if you could put that first slide back up Jelena our theme passage for Givetober this year is Acts chapter. 13, specifically verse 3, but it's verses, we're going to highlight verses 1 to 3 today. Uh, today I'll be starting a series of messages that will take us through October. Two weeks from today we'll be hosting uh, Gary Empey, who is leading our missions team in Cuba. He's the one that we're partnering with to execute our goal of uh, a mission trip in Cuba this come February. So Gary's going to be here two weeks today, right here at our Espanola campus, all right? So please uh, look forward and make sure you're here for that. These are exciting days for our Northern Life Church family. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, good stuff. Let's read our theme scripture uh, passage that I've just mentioned. It comes from Acts chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets, teachers, 
prophets and teachers, Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So there's a group of these guys. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3, Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. They laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now this is actually, I, I hope you're aware of this, but if you're not, I'm going to tell you. This is a historic moment for the early church and for us today. This represents the first sending moment of the local church where a group of Christians came together and they sent people to go spread the gospel in another region. Sending is a term that we need to be familiar with at our church. Our desire would be that we are a sending church, that we send people. You know, every time uh, when we commissioned Pastor Andy, I'll give an example. He doesn't know this. When we com commissioned Pastor Andy a couple weeks ago, and we sent him to the Little Current campus to be the lead uh, there, to be the lead person there, uh, we commissioned and we sent. And it hurt a little bit. It hurt a little bit because a couple of us have to pick up the slack because, you know, he was helping out with other stuff here, obviously. It hurts a little bit. Every time someone is sent from the local church, it actually hurts a little bit. And do you know what the problem with the local church is? Is that we're a little greedy sometimes. And we think, no, I want them here. I don't want them to go anywhere. And we don't say it out loud because we sound kind of childish, right? Like, oh, you know. But the truth is, we actually hold people back sometimes instead of releasing and sending people to what God is calling them to. And we want to be, so this is why I'm saying this. We want to be a church where we are a sending church, where people are sent from here to go reach new people. It's as simple as that. Now, you may say, well, Little Current isn't that far. You're right, it's not. We can go further. So we're going to Cuba in, this, in the winter, right? So we're going to go a little further. Our desire would be that we are a sending church, a church who sends people to share the good news of Jesus through acts of service, uh, through feeding, physically feeding the uh, physical needs of people, financial blessings, all that kind of stuff. Acts 13 is uh, Saul who becomes Paul, his first missionary journey. It's his first journey. That kind of relates to us at Northern Life Church, right? Cuba in February, this coming February, is our first collective missionary journey where we are sending people to go share the good news that Jesus is alive. It really relates to us. Our scripture theme in uh, of Acts uh, chapter 13, uh, our phrase for Givetober that I want you to lean into. So we have this Givetober theme where we give in the month of October, but with our theme scripture of Acts 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, I also have a slogan that I want you to uh, catch on to, and it's simply this. If you could put that first slide back up, Julian, I apologize. Uh, that would be great. We must go. We need to be a people that go. We, we can't just, you know, you may be thinking, man, I've been in Espanola and I've never left here. That's okay. But we need to be a people that go. I would encourage you to begin to pray. If you've never really left the area, I encourage you to begin to pray. Don't worry, I'm not going to kidnap you and take you somewhere today. Don't worry about it. But I want to encourage you to pray. Okay, God, how can I go? Where can I go? What can I do? Right? 
we must go. We must be a people that go. If I was able to put it on a, a, a t-shirt or a bracelet, I would. And it would simply be, we must go. Some of us have given every single reason to God throughout our lives to not go somewhere. Right? It's too hot there. It's too cold. It's too, uh, what would it be? Um, they're too weird. Uh, they de- the food there is different than what I'm used to. Okay, I'm trying to think of stuff. It's smoggy. Um, uh, what a, there's, there's more taxes there. Like, we come up with, like, all sorts of things. Some of us have given every single reason to God throughout our lives to not go somewhere. I'm joking with us here, but it's true. We have. Every time someone, I shouldn't tell you guys this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Every time one of my, uh, uh, well, not even a, a friend of mine, but a, a fellow pastor that I know, a fellow leader in the church, They'll say, wow, you went to Espanola. And I'm thinking, why didn't you? <laughs> like, we just go where God tells us to go. It's simple. Like, I don't pick this stuff. Like, come on. I was in Toronto. I was in Brampton. Now I'm in Espanola. Big deal. Like, let's go. Come on. We just go where God calls us to. And if you're not willing to go where God calls you to, you aren't living in God's plan for you. You've actually stepped outside of what God has called you to. And, so, and why is my life hard? Why is it difficult? Well, because you've actually stepped away at some point. I don't know where. You've stepped away from what God's called you to. Well, how do I know what God's called me to? We just respond to what's in front of us. It's hard for us. Sometimes we wish we were doing something different with our lives. Uh, we may wish that we, well, I, sometimes I wish I lived in Hawaii. I think, God, why didn't you choose that place? But, you know, whatever. It's okay. Or Tahiti. I don't care. Anything like that is good. The Caribbean. I love jerk chicken. Like, come on. Anything like that is good with me. But the truth is, we go where God has called us to go. Now, it's possible that God's called you to be right where you are. I'm not going to challenge that. Don't worry. But the truth is, we must go. So when it comes to missions, we must go where God's calling us. Even as a church, we must go to where God is calling us to. We have a hard time with going. Here's a reality in the Canadian church. We have a hard time coming to church when it rains outside. Yeah. Oh, it's raining today. I will watch online. <laughs> what? Seriously, you think, oh, of course. You've done it. Some of you have done it. I'm telling you. We have a problem when, it, when it's raining outside or, of course, if there's any other kind of weather. Here's, my, here's an example. You guys are going to think I'm kind of mean, but it, it's just the way it is. When I was a youth pastor in Toronto, I've shared this before. I remember we had a prayer meeting canceled because there was a little bit of snow outside. It, it had started to rain, it turned into slush, and then there was a little white stuff crusty on the top. I went outside, it didn't even cover the soles of my shoes. That's how deep it was. I didn't, my shoes weren't even filled with snow. And we canceled that sucker. And I remember, I used to be really nice to the pastor I worked for because I was just sowing good seeds for my life. But the truth is, I remember that day, I'd had enough. I said, Pastor, this is ridiculous. We have a, we, come on, we're supposed to be a church of prayer. We canceled, there's still, the buses are still running. People can get here. Come on. But the truth is, he got a little annoyed with me, just so you know. <laughs> and they, they, Whenever people got annoyed with me, they'd be like, you're from Barry. That was their threat. You're from Barry. You're used to it. I thought, come on, how soft have we become? I think the same thing when it rains. 
how soft have we become? I know, it, I know I'm not like everyone else in this, but if it's snowing outside when I'm supposed to be at church, if it's bad weather, I get a little excited. Oh, okay, God, there's a challenge today to get to church. Come on, put this, put even more snow on the ground. Close the highway, I'm coming through. This is my moment, right? Come on, we get excited. Every Sunday when we have a snowstorm, I think, oh my goodness, but I think, no, this is my moment. I'm going to plow the snow. I'm going to get there and we're going to have church. Come on. Even the forces of nature are trying to stop me. Right? We must go. We must go. This takes form. This passion that I'm trying to share with us today about going into, into where God's called us to, whether it's missions or any other thing he's calling us to in life. This takes form as a burning desire in our hearts. A burning desire in our hearts. When it comes to the things of God, it's a hope that your, I hope that your heart burns with passion. I'm at the point in my life where my children make fun of me. It's tough sometimes, just so you know, everyone. <laughs> Recently, they made fun of me because their mother told them that I uh, used to walk her home from school. And I reminded them that if I hadn't have done that, they may not be here today. <laughs> sometimes Arlene reminds me that I used to wait for her outside of a couple of her classes. This is how dumb in love I was. Because I think about it now, I'm like, why would I do something like that? I used to wait outside in the hallway. Went to the, we went to the same high school. I would wait outside in the hallway, wait for Arlene. I actually got in trouble. It's a long story. Uh, anyway, we won't go down that road. But, and I remember, I look back and I think, why was I doing that? Well, my heart burned with passion. I was like, man, I got to be with this girl. Come on. I didn't even care if she looked at me as long as she would hang around me. I was good. Hey, as long as she was in the vicinity, I was okay with it. We must go. When it comes to our faith, it takes form as a burning desire in our hearts. It's about being driven towards a goal. Well, pastor, how do I know God is asking me, calling me to be moved to do something in his name for his cause? Well, that's, that's really a great question. How do I know that he's saying it to me? That's a great question. Here's a, here's a thought for you. God calls those whom he chooses. God calls those whom he chooses. You may ask, has he not chosen everyone? Well, yes and no. We're all chosen, of course. We're all children and sons and daughters of the living God. Yes, I believe all of us are called. He calls us to different things, though, in different seasons in life. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not called, I think, to go to Cuba this time. That's just for me. I'm not called to do it. But that doesn't mean someone else isn't called, right? Or the next time, right? God has called me, but not to this mission at this time. So am I, are we all called? No, we're not all called in certain circumstances. We're all called to be sons and daughters of the king, but there's different things we are called to do. So that's the first thought. God calls those whom he chooses. The second thought. The church certifies this call. Just like Saul and Barnabas in our scripture, we are going to certify, commend the call, 
that God's put on the lives of those going on this missions team, but more to come. As leaders, we must seek the heart of God. We must seek the heart of God. A number of years ago, at least three or more, I remember sitting in my office thinking, and I don't know why I was thinking this, but I was sitting there one day thinking, we have got to get a missions team together to go overseas. I was, I was angry. I was the only one there, so it wasn't a big deal. But I, I was, man, I was fired up. We've got we've to get somebody to go, at least, two, at least two people. I thought, I can trick a couple people to go somewhere. Like, we just got to get a couple people together. We got to get a missions team together to go overseas. Where did I think we should go? South America. When Pastor Andy presented the concept of a missions team to Cuba, for me, it was a no-brainer. Yes! I didn't even let him finish what he was saying. Yes! Why? Because God had already placed it onto our hearts. It was already there. It was already there. So again, God calls those whom he chooses. The church certifies that call. And then this, here's the next one. The church and the spirit send the missionaries forth, backing them with prayer and support. So if you're like me and not going on this missions team, we have a responsibility. We, 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 don't, get to, we don't get out of the jail free card, you know. We have a responsibility. Every one of us will play a role in the Northern Life Church missions team. We will pray always. People always say, what can I do? And I, so I, I can be a bit sarcastic sometimes, so I have to be careful and I talk to people nicely as best I can. Some of you are laughing at that, but I do try my best. But the truth is, how can, what can I do, Pastor? We can pray every single time. Well, Pastor, I can't get out of my house. Good. You can pray. You have a direct connection to our Savior. You can pray. We will always pray. We will support them this month financially and next month through encouragement, you name it, whatever else we can do. But we will pray. Every one of us has a role to play in this because we are a church that sends. We will be happy to see our missionaries and missions teams sent off. Some of you may have thought today or at some point, why doesn't God's, God use me in a capacity like this? Why doesn't God choose me may be your thought. One commentator wrote this. It is the servants who are faithful at home that God uses elsewhere. Let me say it again. It is the servants who are faithful at home that God uses elsewhere. When I first became a youth pastor in Toronto, they used to give me these prophetic words, and I didn't like them. And I would, I would, run, I would literally run away from people. They would just do it all the time. They thought they were encouraging me. I was scared to death. I, I just run away. And a bunch of them would say, it was always hard to run away from African people because most of them are pretty intense, and they, sometimes they grab you by the collar just so you know. Like you. And they would say, you are going to be the lead pastor someday. And I'd run away. I was scared to death. At that point, what I realized now that I didn't then is I had spent the previous 10-plus years of my life being a servant in the local church. So God opened the door. It is the servants who are faithful at home that God uses elsewhere. All right? It's, it's, not, you know, it's nothing fancy here, folks. It's the servants who are faithful at home that God uses elsewhere. Here's our second thought today. Mission on my mind. So our first one, we must go. Our second one, mission on my mind. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned our family trip to Florida last year. As we were driving south on our second day of our journey, we hit Georgia, and I was hitting up every Chick-fil-A along the way that I could. All right? 
I, I should, so I don't like to advertise for people, but there's some things that just get exceptions. Anyways, and uh, so I was, I was, I, I was driving Arlene nuts. My wife, she, she poor lady. Anyways, but uh, I was hitting them all up. I was excited to find new Chick Fil A's. It was really messed up. I got and like, why am I eating like that when you're driving? It's I have no idea. Anyways. There it was, and uh, one day I was—I found one in Georgia. It was just off the highway, no problem. So we go; it's a beautiful one, packed, all good. And uh, as we were driving back to the highway, because I actually got lost uh, after the Chick Fil A, oh well. And uh, we were driving through this this Georgia town, and it was all the trees were blooming, and it was kind of all I could think of was Ray Charles, Georgia on my mind. <laughs> I was just like, this is amazing. So I put the song on, on in the truck. I was like, woo. I don't know. The rest of my family was annoyed. But uh, there we go. I had Georgia on my mind that day. Today I want us to have mission on our mind, on my mind. I believe that we need to put ourselves in position so that God's kingdom is on our mind. One commentator wrote this. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we must become. Let me say it again. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we must become. Church, it's time for us to get as close to Christ as possible so that missions burns within us. It does in some of you. I know that already. But we must get there. Being missional, with, excuse me, being missional will inevitably lead us closer to Jesus. Being focused on mission will lead us closer to Jesus. What were Saul and Barnabas doing when the Holy Spirit spoke? They were worshiping and fasting. I dare you to worship God and fast and not get closer to Jesus. Good luck. We must uh, point ourselves in the direction where we are getting closer to Jesus. They were worshiping and fasting. An old friend of mine once said to a group of us, I was offended when he said it, but then afterwards I realized he was right. He said, if faith can't move your lips, your mouth, God won't move your mountain. Let me say it again. If faith can't move your lips, your mouth, God won't move your mountain. Do you know, I'm going to say something. I should turn around so I don't, I'll close my eyes so I don't see you. I learned something. I was born and raised in Canada, right here in Ontario. I was born in Sudbury. Do you know that us people like me, born in Canada, we're, we're, we have a hard time opening our mouths sometimes, at least for the right things. If I was born in a different country, I would have no problem praising God. But because I'm born here, there's a tendency for me to be a little bit more calm, cool, collected, whatever you want to call it. I call it bogus. It's ridiculous. God calls us to move our mouths, to pray out loud, to sing out loud, to praise out loud, to be loud. It's okay. There ain't no sin for being loud. Yeah, lucky for Richard, right? Like, man, come on. <laughs> man. Yeah, <laughs> Richard and I are on the same page that one. If faith can't move your lips, God won't move your mountain. Here's what I learned. When I started opening my mouth and actually praying for things, guess what? He answered them. He answered them. Some of the guys were with me on Friday night. I opened my mouth again. 
and we started praying and believing for stuff. Guess what? God did something. It's that simple, okay? It's that simple. If faith can't move your lips, God won't move your mountain. Some of you have mountains you've been facing for most of your life. Do you want to know why they won't move? Because we don't open our mouths and say, God, would you move that mountain in front of me? Get rid of it. Eliminate it. Take it away from me. It's as simple as that. Often our faith requires action of us. If you want to see something change, pray. Pray. I've walked into prayer rooms and I've been scared to death because people are screaming. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? And then I realized, no, they're just crying out to God. It's all good. It's all good. If faith won't move our lips, God won't move that mountain in front of us. If you want to see something change, pray. I wouldn't say this in every place, but for us today, we need more people being more vocal when it comes to praying. Praying is not just for a pastor or leader. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Some of you, I'm going to pick a bone here. Some of you were raised Catholic. Nothing wrong with that. In the Catholic Church, the priest does a lot of stuff, everything, pretty much. All right, the spiritual stuff. It ain't so in our church like that. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying in this church, in Pentecostal churches, it don't work like that. Okay? Everyone is commissioned to do the work of God. Yes, some are pastors, some are apostles, some are prophets, some are teachers. There's different things going on. But it doesn't mean that I can just, I'm just going to sit back and relax. I remember I worked at this liturgical church for three months before they kicked me out when I was young. And it's a true story. And the truth is, is that the, the, I couldn't do certain things because I wasn't the pastor. I was the children's person. No, stop it. This is ridiculous. This is God's kingdom. Whether you are a man or a woman, a child, old, young, I don't know, middle-aged, whatever, I don't care. Whoever you are, you get a place to serve in God's kingdom. It don't matter what color your skin is, what your background is, what religion you came from, who cares? You get a place in God's kingdom. It's as simple as that. Praying is not just for a pastor or leader, it is for everyone. When I was in Bible school at Tyndale University, I felt completely overwhelmed by the possibility of becoming a youth pastor. I was in way over my head. I had become friends with a, a youth pastor. He was actually a teacher of mine in Scarborough. Actually, no, this was a different one. I had I'd become friends with a youth pastor at the time in Scarborough. And uh, those kids were a lot different. I would go to his youth group, and the kids there were a lot, the students there were a lot different than the ones that were my friends growing up in Barrie. It felt like worlds apart, to be honest with you. I realized what, that I needed to remedy this feeling of being a little scared to death of these city kids. I needed to fix this. I started volunteering my own time. I wasn't paid. I didn't get volunteer hours. It was my own time, my own cost. My dad, to this day, does not know why those 20,000 extra kilometers were on that 2,400 CRV. It was me. I hope he doesn't watch this one. I'm seeing him next week. All right. I started volunteering my own time at my own expense, and my dad's apparently, at different youth groups across the GTA. At one time, I think I was involved in four different youth groups at once. Not, I wouldn't recommend that to, any, to anyone. I don't know what I was doing. Anyways, I didn't, uh, I didn't actually know it then, but doing this actually benefited me long term. All this volunteering, I had no idea. 
all this volunteering I was doing, I was just trying to learn. I was just trying to not be scared of certain kids. I was trying to understand how certain students work and what their life is like. All this volunteering actually opened doors for me years later that wouldn't have been open otherwise. It's, it's as simple as that. I had no idea. I was, like, I was in Markham. I was in Scarborough. I was in Mississauga. I was back up to Barry. Like, what was I doing? Thinking back, I'm like, that was nuts. I was doing it because God called me to it, and it actually opened up doors for me years later. I got my first full-time youth position. Why? Because I volunteered at other youth groups. They told me after the fact. No one does that these days. So we knew you were good. <laughs> they took a chance again. <laughs> God bless those students. All right. Now they're all old with kids, and oh, my gosh. Anyways, serving God through the local church was on my mind. Ministry was on my mind. So when we look at Saul and Barnabas, they were worshiping and fasting. Missions must be on our mind as a church. We must be worshiping and fasting and ready for God to speak to us and to commission us and send us out. The early church was so focused on God's spirit that they, uh, that they prepared themselves for what was coming. They, if, think about it. They didn't know what missions was. It had never been done before. Imagine that. God giving you instruction for something that had never been done up to this point in history. They didn't know what was to come, but they were fasting and praying, waiting on God for his instructions. They were so focused on missions. There was a Hall of Fame, there was a baseball player who ended up being a Hall of Fame player uh, when I was younger. And he made a statement at the end of his career that always has stuck with me. And it was about goals that he had from when he was a young child uh, in order to, to, into his adult years. And uh, I think of it when I think of uh, what God puts on our hearts and for us pursuing a goal. This Hall of Fame athlete uh, said he did not focus on being successful as a baseball player in high school, college, or even making the major leagues. That wasn't his goal. Think about that. His goal was to be a Hall of Fame baseball player. One of the best ever, and he was. And <laughs> making the high school team and the college team and going through the minor leagues and making the majors, that were, those were just stops along the way. I've never forgot it. His goal, his objective was the Hall of Fame and nothing else. The other objectives were just stops along the way. If our hearts burn for missions, seeing the good news preached, the hungry fed, the widow clothed, the orphan taken care of, but we opt out of coming to church, when it's not convenient, sleeping through our alarm to do our devotions, not keeping God a part of our decision-making. When that's our life, what faith goals are we really shooting for? Right? What faith goals are we really shooting for? It sounds to me like that we're not genuine in some ways, in many ways, in our relationship with Jesus. Mission focuses me on the Lord and his plan for our lives, for my life. Do you know that his plan is perfect for you? We mess it up. When you think, man, life sucks right now. Why did that happen? It's probably because of us. Nine times out of ten, it's us. Yes, I know sometimes there's external factors. People do mean things to, to us sometimes. All that happens. Things happen. I don't know why. But the truth is, many times when there's trouble, it's our fault. Simple as that. It's our fault. We need to own it. His plan is perfect us every single one of us let me read this passage acts 13 i'm going to start in verse 2 
It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Just that is amazing. The Holy Spirit spoke. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. And then after fasting and praying, they laid hands, their hands on them and sent them off. God is calling us. Will we respond? Missions doesn't start overseas. It starts right here. Be open to sharing the good news that Jesus is alive with your friends and family. I, had to, I, had, I came across someone recently, and I realized they weren't expecting me to be in their orbit. All right? They didn't know I was going to show up. And I showed up because I was bringing some good news. That was my responsibility in that spot. And the truth is, sometimes we just need to be willing to share the good news. Jesus is alive. That is good news. He died for you. That's good news. He set us free from the shackles of sin and the enemy. That is good news. When we pass from this life into eternity, he will be with us, waiting there, welcoming us, saying, Welcome home. You've gotten here. Come on. That is good news. Good news. God is calling us. The Lord Jesus is calling us. Will we respond? Game missions doesn't start overseas. It starts right here. Some of us need to pray for boldness. That's okay. I do all the time. Pray for boldness. Can you throw up that last slide there? Or I think it's the last slide. Yeah, there it is. Here's our takeaway for today. We must go to feed the hungry, stand with the broken, the hurting, the widow, the orphan. There are hurting, broken people out there of all ages, men and women, young and old, and they need to hear about Jesus, that he's alive and he's got a plan for their life. Even that he'll provide their daily needs. I was reminded yesterday at the men's uh, weekend we, some of us were at, there was a, a missions giving opportunity for uh, a school uh, in uh, Zambia. And they were talking about how they're able to feed the kids there three times a week, and they want to get it so that the kids get fed five times a week because these kids, they tend not to get food in that place if the, the school doesn't feed them. And I was just thinking, man, isn't that so good? They hear about Jesus, and they get some grub. That's my kind of ministry. I'm all in, man. That, that's what I'm talking about. Come on. You get food, you're physical, physically nourished, and then you're spiritually nourished. That's why when people say, why do we have to have food? I'm like, because it's in the Bible. That's why. I do whatever's in the Bible. All right. <laughs> we must go to feed the hungry, stand with the broken, the hurting, the widow, the orphan. I'm believing in faith that the Holy Spirit is actually calling people today. Uh, Pastor Chris, would you come up and the rest of the worship team if you're able? And uh, let's just, we're just going to spend uh, a couple moments in prayer as we uh, close off today. Thank you for your patience. Um, so this month, Givetober. Uh, we are raising funds uh, for the churches in Cuba to be, for ministry and for, to bless them. And uh, the, our, our, the amount we're trying to raise is $5,000. And uh, here's the deal. Let's sacrificially give together. I know times are tough these days. I'm not going to debate that. But any extra dollar that we can muster together, let's throw it in. Let's throw a stone at that $5,000. 
and before we know it, it'll be taken care of, all right? Let's not leave it up to someone else. Let's just do whatever we can. And uh, if you want a, a tax receipt for your donation, you just got to put, put it on your offering envelope or on the memo line for the e-transfer or if you're giving online. Um, some, some of you, God's probably already uh, challenging you to give a certain amount or to give in a certain way, and I encourage you to, to follow his leading. And uh, some of us will pray about it. We've got a few weeks to pray and uh, seek the Lord. Uh, I'll, I'll put a little chart up in the lobby over the next few weeks about our progress so everyone knows how we're doing. But, uh, yeah, that's the goal there. So what an opportunity to give into God's kingdom, right? I love it so much. Um, I think, I don't know if it's, it may not be next week, but at some point, uh, I'll, I was supposed to do it today. I'm just remembering and I forgot. Pastor Andy reminded me. Um, at some point, we're going to throw up some photos of the people we're going to be uh, visiting. Uh, in Cuba. So you can put a bit of a face with uh, who these uh, these offerings are going to be sent towards, all right? Just, uh, just to help us out a bit. Why don't you stand with me and uh, let's pray just in these closing moments. And then Pastor Chris is going to lead us in a song and uh, we'll dismiss. So God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for uh, this opportunity to open your word. What a blessing, Lord, to open your word, to read your scriptures to hear from you. Lord, I'm so excited that we can start October, October 1st, 2023. We can start it right here on a Sunday morning, sharing about our Givetober campaign and believing that you're just going to do impossible things. Man, Lord, man, uh, imagine if we, you just doubled or tripled the amount we needed or whatever, like something like that would be awesome, God. We could just pass it down to the, the people uh, in Cuba and bless them in Jesus' name. That's what we're here for. So, God, I pray that you'd be with us, and, uh, Lord, that we'd be generous with our giving, and even that some of us, that we may not feel like we got a lot of finances, we'd find some things to, like, sell off or trade with someone for cash, I don't know, just something, just to raise some funds in some creative ways, whatever it takes. Um, so, God, I just pray that you'd be with us in this time. Lord, I thank you for our kids that we were able to kind of graduate officially into junior high today, and what a blessing they are. We just think of them again and pray a blessing on their life. And uh, God, we're just so grateful for them. So, Father, would you be with us? Uh, would you guide us through this time? Uh, guide us through this month of missions, Lord. Speak to us clearly. Minister to us. Strengthen us. God, I pray that you just do a mighty thing in these days in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Chris, why don't you lead us?